0: Need a pep talk? Come hang with us weekly, while we serve up realness with a side of sass and help you learn
1: to love yourself in every shape, size, and season. We laugh, we cry, we dig deep, we shoot the shit, we feel our feels, and we highlight the real. I'm Becca, and I'm AMQ. And this is
0: I Got You Boo. Hello, hello. Hi, welcome back, Boo Crew. We have a very exciting episode. We have the world and the universe needed to align when it was the right time because we have been chatting and trying to block off a time for us all to chat and it is here and we are so excited. Mm -hmm. So let's just dive right in, shall we? Melon, insert a little splash. You know how we like our water splash sounds here. (laughs) Splash. (laughs) Okay, so we have founder, CEO, and I love this part. Chief anti-chafing champion of the Thigh Society, (laughs) Marnie Rabinovich-Konsky. Let's hear it for her. Woo!
2: Yay! Welcome! Thank you. Thanks for the warm intro. (laughs) Yes, this is
0: going to be so much fun. I mean, who doesn't? We are all thick thighs here, and we love it, and we embrace it. But we are going to yep. talk all about thigh society and how you are the anti, <laughs> anti-chafing, anti what was it? Champion. Chief officer. And, yes.
2: Chief anti-chafing champion.
0: We're going we're gonna to call it 10,000 things by the end of this episode. Chief. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we gave Marnie a heads up that we like to have random question time before we dive into the more heart serious, all that kind of chat. All right. Number one did you know that your tongue can tell whatever you look at will taste like? So for example, if you look at a wall, your tongue will be able to pick up and tell your brain what that wall is going to taste like if you lick it. So try it. Let's take a, let's take a beat. If you were to look at something, I don't know, your cabinet, your wooden cabinets, you can kind of picture what those cabinets would taste like.
2: Yes, that's so crazy. (laughs) I can <laughs> brain body connection is real wow if you just look at random stuff paper
0: uh something metal
2: yeah oh another yeah. Bed.
0: <laughs> The visual of you that two is- looking around the room right now is fantastic <laughs> none of these would taste appetizing at all no, no, like, no. Is there
2: nothing good on my desk right now <laughs>
0: Yeah, nothing, nothing super spectacular tasting, but it's just a fun fact. I don't know where I got that from. I think it was probably on the good old internet. And then I just sat there for 30 minutes trying to like walk around my house seeing like, wow, am I the only one that didn't know this? So I'm glad I'm not alone. Definitely um, not. Yeah, I definitely didn't know that. If you are using the microwave, do you open the microwave before it beeps?
2: Or like you be- wait- The timer's off? hmm I'm always a, uh, before it ends. What the first beep I hear, or sometimes before the timer's over, yes, I will open the microwave.
0: Okay, Me too. Has any, I have been taught, this is now I'm going to blame my mother because I have been taught <laughs> that like it can explode. <laughs> if you, if, I think that's what they tell you. Like you'll get a, so you like you'll, it'll early. be an
2: electric shock if you pull open the microwave before it beeps. That's that may have no been thing. true. Maybe that was true when microwaves first came out, <laughs> like true. in the 90, 80s or 90s, maybe. But I feel like technology's come a long way since <laughs> then. And I have not been electrocuted <laughs> since. I hope I'm not jinxing myself. Me uh, I mean, not that I know of. Is great. My you'd, you'd know it. You'd feel it. You'd feel that, Joel. Okay.
0: Oh, my okay. gosh. <laughs> Would you rather be a werewolf or a vampire?
2: I'm going to say werewolf because vampires suck blood, don't they? And they drink blood. And I don't think I would like that very much. So just. Yeah,
0: yeah but they're like, they just don't eat like they just never. They're always around
2: like they just never. And vampires can't go out at night or can't go out during the day. Right. So mm, that, that's another that's another point for werewolf for me then. Yeah. Deal breaker. I
1: also sure. think that I would say werewolf because I don't want to live forever because then you like outlive the people you love. Mm-hmm. Right. That's and then you have to true. start from scratch. And I, I'm a big Vampire Diaries fan. Okay. And I remember that being like a big part of the storyline. Like it's being, it's super sad when you outlive like the love of your life and
2: you start from scratch. Twilight. It's just Yeah. Yeah. Oh <laughs> I was thinking of True Blood, actually. <gasps> my mom. True Blood!
0: That yeah. was one of the best shows ever.
2: Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Loved it. Loved wow. It. Such a good cat good yeah
0: yes mm-hmm. oh wow i forgot about true blood i feel like i might have to me dive too. back into that it has to be on one of yeah. the streaming platforms somewhere
2: yes probably for sure yeah taught me everything i need to know but <laughs> i <Empire. laughs>
0: <laughs> okay last one last one do you what is your favorite section of the alphabet
2: <laughs> well it depends how you delineate the sections like how many letters is one section
0: like if you're singing it, for example, like it has kind of a beat to it. So, what's your favorite like section?
2: Like Element P. Okay. Yes, that was actually literally what I was going to say. Element OP. It just flows. It's fast. It's in the middle. It has N for Marnie. That's why. Yeah.
0: There you go. It's like it's like the remix part of the alphabet.
2: Yes.
0: Like it's yes. Like, ooh, the beat just dropped. Uh oh. Yeah.
2: Yes. <laughs> Keeps people interested.
0: <laughs> What's gonna come next, <laughs> right? Sorry to the bracket. Yeah, I like, that. yeah.
1: <laughs> I like I like Q R S T U V, but maybe that's because yeah. Q is. Wait, last you
2: just
0: name. chose way too big of a section. Q R S T U V. Yeah. So those are two different parts of a section. Q R S not T U V. There's only three letters.
2: Yeah, I feel like they kind of match each other. I'm, right. I'm with you. On.
0: All right, I'll take it.
2: Two against one.
0: (laughs) She would choose a BOGO section anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so extra like that. (laughs) Well, I don't want one section. I want two. That Enneagram 8 really comes through even (laughs) in the sections of the alphabet. And then I challenged you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Do you know your Enneagram number while we're talking about it? We talk about it at least once an episode.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we do. I used to and I like, don't anymore. I only remember, I only know my Myers-Briggs, which is the like E-N-T-J, I think mm. I am. Just different. But Enneagram, I I used to know it off by heart and I have no clue what it is now, honestly. Wait, what's the other one? What's Myers the- myers I think it's a little different though in terms of what it's looking for. Um, but it's um ENTJ. E Oh my god, I can't even remember. I don't remember. I remember the letters and now I'm like, what? I know J is judgment or judging. And oh my gosh, a, I've never heard of this. This is going to send me into yeah, a deep dive. This
1: is a good personality test. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to do that one too. Yeah, you're
2: gonna have to deep, deep dive Myers and then Briggs, B R I G G S. And I'll have to Google what the. I can't believe I forget what it stands for, but it's eluding me right now. Okay, you can Ooh. Probably do a free quiz, and then you find out if you're like. A, it's it, every letter has one counterpart, so I think it's like right. what comes to my is E N T J. So the last letter is J. Judging and sensing are two opposites. Sort of opposite. So you're either more strongly on it as a judgmental person or you're more strongly as a sensing person. And so to the the quiz, you know, will end up with four letters that are um, your sort of personality type where you veer. It's actually pretty love cool. Love that. Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. We're,
1: we love a good personality test here. We really <laughs> do. Yeah. We, we really we really have learned how to just run through the world with all these personalities. Yeah. Tests. Right? Helps. Yes. It oh, my goodness.
0: It sure does. Mm-hmm. All right, AMQ, let's kick it off. That was fun. Wow, no press. I was <laughs> trying to. I was trying to do a cool transition, but it wasn't happening. <laughs> like speaking of yeah. personality, we let's try
1: and do segues here. <laughs> sometimes they go really well. Like, sometimes, but it's when we're not trying. We got to. Yeah, we yeah. Got to try less. Jeez. We're not trying. We're like, ooh. So, oh I, I can't. I'm so. I'm so excited that you're here with us. Like, I think that <laughs> everything that the, th- the thigh society does is so cool. I mean, Becca and I started this podcast because we are really passionate about helping humans learn to love themselves in every size, shape, and season. And what you do is literally, you know, telling someone like, it's normal mm-hmm. <laughs> to chafe. Like, you know what I mean? You don't have to be uncomfortable. And I love that. Like, we, we really appreciate the work you do because it's beyond a brand. You know, like you've, you've managed to build a brand around it, but it's more the message. So why don't you tell us and the Boo Crew a little bit about you and how Thigh Society came to be?
2: Okay. Wow. I mean, and I'm so glad to hear you say that about the brand. For me, this is a passion project. You know, I started Mm -hmm. with a solution to chafe, but my main driver has been literally to spread the message that there's nothing wrong with your body size chafe of all shapes and sizes and you just got to live your life like just (laughs) enough with diet culture don't waste time on all these negative thoughts you know of course some are normal and they happen you know we can't prevent everything from happening but there's enough pressure from diet culture and all the things that are thrown at us on a daily basis like it's just good to be able to push some of that away um, and live your life so with that said uh, it was 2008 when I came up with the idea so that's About 13 years ago. (laughs) And Mm. I, uh, you know, I have always had uh, thighs that touch. I would say my weight, uh, being unfortunately, you know, going through some periods of disordered eating throughout my teenagehood into my 20s, my weight would fluctuate. And no matter what my size was, no matter what, my thighs would always chafe in hot and humid weather. So it didn't matter if I was a size six or a size 14, I always had this rash. And so, obviously I had years of experience with chafe. And so I had a couple of solutions that were tried and true. Um, And back in 2008, those trusty solutions consisted of a really old ratty pair of black bike shorts that were like more spandexy, shiny, like almost like skater shorts or whatever you would call them. That were my sort of go-to trusty pair. I had a ratty pair of cotton black biking shorts from, I don't know if you remember, Cotton Ginny. Like I grew up in Montreal and Ginny was here. But yeah, like literally almost like tattered, but I could, I could not let them go because they were, they were my base layer between that and the and like spike shorts. And occasionally I tried a few creams and gels, but for me, like, I guess I sweat a lot because those never really lasted on me longer than 10 minutes. And, and that's still true today. Mm-hmm. So I really was frustrated one summer when I was like, i had forgotten to put on shorts underneath my dress. And it was the first really nice day of summer. I was working downtown at Bay and Wellesley here in Toronto, And within about a block or two, started to feel that very familiar sensation of burning between my thighs. I'm like, oh, crap, Marnie, like, you're such an idiot. Like, how come you didn't remember to put those shorts on? And the reason is, is like in Toronto, we don't, we get like three hot months and then the rest are freezing cold. Like there's no spring. You don't have any transition. There's no adjustment period. It's just like winter and then boom, summer, right? Yeah. (laughs) So I like literally waddled to the nearest drugstore, picked up some baby powder. It was a hot mess back at the office. Like I did the, the duck walk, if anyone's oh, that oh. is like, you're like, please yeah. don't let my guys touch. So like super awkward. The most relatable Walked. thing ever. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. Like, and like, ugh. L- literally like, you know, very frustrated, ran to the bathroom. I was wearing a black dress, like powder everywhere, mess, like And I literally like was like shaking my bits in the air. There has to be a better way. This is not acceptable. And so I really spent the remainder of that summer looking for something that was sort of my wish list, my long leg underwear um, for humans at the time, no, definitely for women because I didn't want to wear men's underwear. Men's underwear I had tried. They all have some extra fabric, typically in the crotch area that was just bulky and extra. And I didn't want that. And I really wasn't looking to start a business. I was looking for a solution. I was like, okay, there must be something out there. I just haven't gone to enough stores to figure out where I can find these items. At the time, this is again, 2008, you know, Amazon wasn't really quite a thing then. Shopping on the internet, like, you know, okay, maybe you would buy like a couple of t-shirts or stuff, but like underwear on the internet, like it wasn't really things that were super popular yet. So I couldn't find anything. I literally spent the summer... um, looking 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 every time i went to a small store or boutique they'd be like oh this is a great idea we definitely get customers asking us for these shorts all the time but there's like you know very few companies that offer them and that was true i confirmed that with online research that actually the only cotton shorts i could find or any shorts i could find were, were from plus size companies actually you know starting at a size 16 and i was like well i'm not a 16 I, where where are the shorts for me like what am i supposed to do and sort of that sort of kicked off the idea for thigh society which is, you know, this is not a plus size women's issue. Um, this is this is a human issue. And mm-hmm. there should be performance-based shorts out there that are, you know, feel like a second skin, that feel invisible on the body, that are moisture-wicking, seamless, can be worn without underwear. Like, it's just, it's a no-brainer. Like, I didn't understand why I couldn't find something like this. It just seemed like so obvious because I forgot about in this story here, I, I definitely was no stranger to shapewear. But... I, Mm -hmm. there's a time and place for shapewear, you know, and there is definitely a time and place. And that time and place is not in 30 degree heat on a hot summer Toronto, you know, day uh, underneath a maxi dress where like, you don't need shaping. You don't need to feel like you're in a pool of your own sweat all day. It's just, it's just not the time or place. And I couldn't understand why men had literally like 15 lengths of underwear choices and women were left with either, uh, spanks or like equivalent shapewear, super tight garments or like, you know, quote unquote uh, boy shorts, which already is an mm. offensive name, but like boy underwear which literally has like an inch of fabric around the pelvic area and it rides up and bunches up and becomes super uncomfortable. So it's a long story, but that's sort of the, the genesis for the business of I really want, I, I still am the target customer for this, for this product. So like, come on, like, where is this product that we all need so badly?
0: Yes. Oh my gosh, I love that. I love. I love that you walked us through that really beginning moment because we've all had that feeling where you're walking mm-hmm. and even the slightest touch because you've already gotten such a rash from it feels like you could like it, ignite into flames. And that sounds dramatic, but it's truly that painful. It's it so really uncomfortable. And then sometimes it blisters. Like I've had it where I'm oh, walking yeah. around and it starts to blister. So it's so important. And like, and like Amq was saying earlier, it normalizes the fact that like humans. That have legs have this issue. Like right. anyone who is going to be walking anywhere or has skin touching other skin in any facet, really. And they're so discreet. I like that you have such a widespread inclusivity of skin tones and different colors that if you want to hide it, you can. But this weekend, I saw, I was creeping on the stories, you were out celebrating Pride and you had them underneath your denim shorts, like just peeking I'm out. Good. It was yeah. such a style. It was so cute that like, yeah. yeah. So it, yeah, I, yeah. yeah, I like that even if you see them, they're not something that you have to hide either.
2: Like they're really not, they're really yeah. not at all. And I mean, I, there were so many years where I couldn't wear jean shorts because I couldn't find, like everything was super oh. short. And it was like, no, like this is another thing I wanted to say too. Something that I find interesting that I learned through this whole, you know, development of this business idea is not everybody chafes in the same spot. Right. When you ask mm-hmm. people where do you chafe in your, in your thighs? I mean, first of all, people chafe underneath their boobs and under the arms. I mean, tons of places in the body, but specifically along your inner thighs, we all have different areas that are sensitive. Some people chafe right at the top only. Others shape in the middle. Others shape right down to their knees. Like, and everyone's thighs are shaped. Shape, say it. Bleh, I can't tongue twister here. It is everybody's thighs <laughs> are for, yeah, everybody's thighs are shaped differently. Um, and so, and it also depends on skin sensitivity. So, that's one of the reasons why we offer different leg lengths and different fabrics. We like to say that we have a short for every body. We, you know, if you, if you try one thing and you're like, oh, I don't know, I think I want a little more coverage. Like, well, guess what? We can offer you more coverage. You can go down in, in an inseam length. So,
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, yeah, it's shaping's a thing.
1: Yes, they're amazing. I wore them yesterday, <laughs> and they're amazing. Yay! <laughs> like, Yay! Yeah, like like it's
0: hot. Yeah, one of one of my friends showed up wearing them too to a picnic, and yeah. that's she oh got us God. all. We all ordered them that night. She was like lifted up her dress and like flashed us, and she was like, "You all need these." And that's how I learned about what they were. <laughs> oh,
2: I love that. I love that. Story. I literally never get sick of hearing stuff like that. Like honestly, hearing people like just in their daily lives finding this product, finding out about this product. Especially Mm -hmm. if you've tried a lot of other options. Um, There are a few other options out there. I'm not going to pretend we don't have competition, but they... We were the OG. We were the first. So, you know, imitation is a sincere form of flattery. Fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really... (laughs) Fine. 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 Um, We still, I believe, make the best product on the market. And so, you know, Mm -hmm. life's too short to live with chafe. And also, I, I keep harping on the chafe message, but actually... Something that's been super interesting to see over the last few years is all the other uses that people are finding for our shorts. Like people wear them for working out at home, especially during like the peak pandemic. We were all, you know, sheltering in place. Um, People are wearing them to sleep for when you don't want your thighs like touching. If you don't have air conditioning or um, a lot of women who are experiencing like hot flushes and things like that will wear our cooling to sleep, you know, just for general comfort, hanging out at home. And even people who have um, uh, like ostomy bags or colostomies or any sort of abdominal sensitivities or surgery or scars, even postpartum are finding all these uses of just the, like the fabric is so soft and forgiving while also maintaining its shape that, you know, to give you that protection of, of barrier between your outer clothing is amazing because prior to that, they're like, well, I can't wear that item or that item or that dress or those jeans or whatever because I don't have anything that's comfortable enough to protect my, you know, raw skin from whatever's on top. So that's really cool. For me, that's been like a completely unexpected benefit of these shorts. I'm so glad that we can offer that to people and help people.
0: Yes, and what a beautiful domino effect too. Like you start it for one specific reason and then the world takes on it takes it on and it becomes yeah. this whole new beast of like we well, can use it for this and there, it's a solution. And all of the avenues lead to the fact that it's a solution to normalizing all of these issues. Cuz who wants to like you were saying earlier, the only other ones that I have found, we're not going to name drop, don't worry, make you feel like you're suffocating like you have a heartbeat in your body. Yeah. Like my thighs yeah. and my booty don't need a heartbeat because they're yeah. so tight or because they roll up and you have to constantly you know. be reaching up your dress to pull them down. They yeah. really don't move.
2: <laughs> totally. Totally. And and as you were talking, I realized I forgot to mention like a huge um, audience group we we discovered during the pandemic is frontline mm-hmm. workers who are wearing scrubs. Yeah, And scrubs, like they have a few sizes and they often have a dropped inseam. So If you're someone that shaves at the top of your thighs, that whole, that skin area is exposed for like an 18-hour shift, you know? And you're sweating it in. And so, yeah, like nobody has time to feel squeezed in and sucked in and dealing with ride-up and all that. They have other things to be doing that are way more important Mm -hmm. with that. So, yeah, totally. Our whole objective is like set it and forget it. You know, this is not something you should have to think about or waste a moment of energy during your day. And, you know, I will say back to the shapewear comment about feeling constricted. I don't know anyone who puts on shapewear and like feels good doing it. (laughs)
1: Like
2: the whole process is just so (laughs) agonizing and like you have to wriggle and contort and then you're like folding things in and tucking things around. And it just doesn't really put you in the best mood. Like Mm -mm. you may feel like you like the way your body looks after it's, you know, like redistributed because that's really what shapewear does, which is fine. Like I said, I'm not anti-shapewear. But I really wanted to eliminate that feeling, those feelings that one would get, including myself, when putting on something that was designed, you know, to literally fit someone like five sizes smaller. But the objective was to get myself there. It's like, mm, Mm -hmm. no, I don't want that feeling when people are putting on thigh society.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, you may not be anti-shapewear, but you are anti-diet culture. That was a better one. That was a better one. (laughs)
2: Yeah, that's a better transition. Good good one. Good transition.
0: (laughs) I also, there she goes. (laughs) And going back to your Instagram stories this past weekend, I'm actually, as I'm saying this, I really hope it was you. There was an ice cream truck or something. That was you, right? Okay. And I was shocked because that's something that I think unless you're really in the thick of it and like we like to say we borrow from Brene Brown in the arena of this work in anti diet culture, you might not even realize where you are consuming what society is telling you. So like all to to tell you guys the story, if you didn't catch her Insta stories um, on this truck, there was desserts and everything that said cheat day like it's a cheat day. And then there was like different, and I think it was, I mean, you can speak to the details of it, but there was like food and stuff on there, right?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was exactly that. I mean, it was, it it was a food truck selling a bunch of sweets and stuff. And it was like treat, you know, cheat day. I don't know if it said like you deserve a treat today or something like that, but it was the cheat day that caught my attention. And I was with, um, with some friends and my husband and none of them really noticed it. Right. But I honestly, like i honed in on it. I, I noticed these things and I called it out and, two of my friends were like, oh, it's just like a play on words. And I said, no, like we have to unpack this. This is not just a play on words. This is one of the little examples of like microaggressions of diet culture on us on a regular basis that you may think it's all cute, but what's it implying? It's implying, you know, you're gonna be bad today if you're gonna, you know, if you eat some food that's quote unquote bad food, there is no such thing as bad food, by the way, but like you're gonna cheat on your diet or you're gonna cheat on your good eating schedule to eat these cookies or to eat this cake or whatever it is. And it's just, uh, it's just nonsense. I have no patience for it. I I was, you know, I don't know if the company doing it probably even gave it much more thought than thinking it was a cute, cheeky play on words. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was, um, I, I thought it was going too far. And I mean, listen, like I had a few friends post and respond to my stories with things like, you know, well, you know, everyone's vain at Pride. And I, I'm like, mm, no, I mean, there are certain, you know uh groups of people that are, we're not going to stereotype but let's say gay men typically and i have a lot of friends who are like definitely very body conscious and will go on major diets and workout builds you know leading up to pride they can have that like perfect pride physique or
0: oh wow i did not know this was a yeah. thing
2: it's very common in in gay male culture it's not what it's not i mean it's quote unquote i must say it's widespread because there's different groups of people you're going to find everywhere so what mm-hmm. i'm saying is not true. every gay man but it is a huge element of of pride for a lot of gay men who are going out and, you know, planning to dance and go shirtless and whatnot. Um, But I was so pleased. Like, I I was just so overjoyed is the word, because I mean, again, I haven't been out in public in large droves of people like that in like two years. But there was like everybody, like every type of body, every race, ethnicity, age. And I just, the diversity was so beautiful. And I think, you know, we live in a culture that keeps trying to tell us that there's only one version of beautiful and once you start like realizing that that's just a load of bs and like actually everyone is beautiful in their own way and it's how you perceive the world around you that makes you see people as beautiful i don't know i just think it's very powerful so i get i get really angry when i see things like cheat day it's like excuse me i'm like no no that's not how this works It's just a beautiful day. (laughs) It's just a beautiful day. And guess what? That cookie looks great. I'm going to eat it. Like, let's (laughs) not assign like moral failings to having, you know, some sweets in the afternoon as a snack. So anyway, yeah, it's, it's, um, and you know, there's examples in daily life. I think if we start, once you start sort of training your brain to see it, you're going to start to see it and you're going to be like, oh, that's, these are the little small ways in which diet culture gets in our brain and influences us, you know? Mm -hmm. I do think though
1: that you mentioned your history with, with disordered eating. Like I have years and years and years and years and years of multiple eating disorders and I share Mm -hmm. pretty openly about it. Mm -hmm. And I totally understand that because I feel like not everybody sees that stuff. Like unless you've walked through it, done the work or do any work in, body confidence Mm -hmm. space and learning how to intuitively eat, learning how to just listen to your body. Like you don't see it. I mean, I'm a group Mm -hmm. fitness instructor now and, you know, I go to other group fitness classes and Mm -hmm. instructors say things. And, you know, three years ago, two years ago, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have even really, I mean, I would have probably noticed it, but I wouldn't have called it out, but I've developed this obviously passion because I'm also in that space now too. So I'm realizing that I'm like the small percentage of instructors that don't encourage you to move your body as punishment, which I think is
2: wild. It's so wild. Oh my God. It took me so long, so long to appreciate movement for the sake of movement and Mm -hmm. feeling good rather than burning calories in order to justify food choices. Right. Oh my gosh. I think the fitness industry has like I hope it's going to change over time. I think it's going to take fitness instructors like you who are, you -hmm. know, uh, speaking out and saying the right things to motivate people to realize all of the amazing benefits from moving your body, you know, that have nothing to do with a result in your physique or, you know, any of that. So I think that's awesome. I think, you know, it's interesting now to see, like you guys probably see this on social media, but there's a lot of like anti-diet dietitians out there who are registered dietitians, but who are sort of, Saying you know, who are approaching their um, work with patients and clients from an intuitive eating perspective and not from the traditional things that they may have been taught, right? Which is more about like calorie restriction and other horrible things.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, yeah. I Before we
0: go any further, I just think that we need to pause and acknowledge the fact that Miss um, AMQ, this is the first time on this pod that you have claimed the role of group fitness instructor because last time we recorded you said you were <laughs> working towards it so I like that you owned it and I feel like we needed to highlight that you were using it as a I current tense it. and not a future tense. Just claps and stamps. I'm on left. the schedule. Yeah, she's
1: officially teaching. I'm on the
0: schedule. And the I have head. had those
1: conversations. I've actually had some of those conversations already with my students, and they've yeah. been very. They noticed it right? Yeah. Like they were like, yeah. oh, Amanda, I know to-. my students call me Amanda. I know it's very confusing. I tried to get the AMQ, <laughs> I tried to get the AMQ thing happening in the studio yeah. and they were just not there for it. So I was like, okay, fine. No problem. But no problem. it's kind of weird when they say Amanda to me, cause I'm like, "What? That, oh, that's me. Okay. <laughs> <But> <laughs> they're talking about me and to me, but it is really cool when you can connect with people in a way, like that's why I'm saying your brand is more than just a product. It really is mm-hmm. a message. And I think that, you know, same with our podcast, like, yeah, okay, okay. We're a podcast for women, <laughs> but not really just for women. You know what I mean? Like it's for anyone who like wants to have a, like, we're funny. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. We have a good <laughs> dynamic and mm-hmm. we're silly, but we're also serious. And I think mm-hmm. that when you can be doing something that's multifaceted and multi-tiered and it just isn't like a, a product that you're putting out there and there's so much more feeling mm-hmm. attached to it, you can see it, right? Like we yeah. can see it in everything that you guys do. And I think that that really is like why Becca and I were excited to have you mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah.
2: Well, well, I'm excited that you guys, you know, talk about this stuff because I've said, you know, if you think about it, the diet culture or the diet industry is something like, an 80 billion dollar industry like it's mind-blowing it's mind-blowing there's no reason for these companies to pack their bags and walk away they are making money and the only way for I think you know our culture to change to become more accepting of our own bodies more accepting and inclusive of all bodies is it's a grassroots movement it has to happen From each one of us in our individual lives. And sure, some people listening may be like, well, maybe they're not a fitness instructor, maybe they're not an entrepreneur. But you know what? When you see something, like call it out, have a conversation with your friends. You know, you never know whose eyes you're going to be opening in that moment. And then that it's a chain reaction, right? Then that person becomes alert and, you know, paying attention to it. They can then see it and spread it to the next person. Because, you know, I do think it's going to take a generation at least to you know to to clear the deck a little it's it's great to see so much great change happening on social media certainly such a different landscape than when i started you know 2009 when we launched and it's all moving in the right direction it's just it's it's incredible like we we do have we do have some influence each one of us mm-hmm. you know even though it doesn't feel it
0: yeah and you don't even realize that it's happening until it's happening And then you start, like we've been saying, like you start to become more aware of it in those small ways. And you're like, whoa, all of these things have been somewhere planted in our brain And we haven't even realized that they have built a foundation of such anger and disgust with our bodies and the things that we do with it until it's right in your face. So little things like what you say during a fitness class, like, do you want a tight, round booty? Then let's do that. Like that in and of itself, you might not think twice about before doing the work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I also love how you were talking earlier, Marnie, about how no matter what size you were, this was an issue. And I think that... I so deeply remember, and we're going to touch on this from your perspective in a second. But when I was in like late elementary, early middle school, I remember like starting to chafe because my body was changing and I was acknowledging what was happening. Sweat was happening. So clearly it's going to drip. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and, and, and just that like, if I, and then, which led into my early adult life, where if I was still having this issue, it must mean that I'm not small enough. Right. And I think that that's that underlying subconscious yep. root of it all that like, we don't even realize that that's what we're telling ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. oh, if I'm still having this issue, then I'm not where I quote unquote should be by yeah. whoever the fuck yeah. standards. So exactly. exactly. Yeah. I just think that's so important to acknowledge that like these little things that we have that are so normal and need to be normalized with the work that you're doing, you know, it doesn't matter what size you are. This is yeah. it's an issue. <laughs>
2: It's totally an issue and things like the more we talk about it and put them out in the open and name them, uh, you know, the better mm-hmm. better off we'll all be. Like even, you know, we were just talking about before about um, like disordered eating. I've never, I've never been diagnosed with an eating disorder, but I was a disordered eater for, for... I was on Weight Watchers since I was 15. I mean, I have diary entries when I was 11 or 12 where I was weighing myself and thinking I should lose weight before summer camp. And I mean... It's like, you know, you you track it through like teenagehood and then you go out with friends for drinks and you know you're going to be drinking at night. So you basically restrict oh. calories day. Oh, I mean, everybody yeah. did this. Like, it wasn't uh-huh. called just eating. Like I'm probably a lot older than you guys. So like, in, you know, I'm 46 years old. So when I was in my 20s, like everybody did that. Like everybody just like, oh, you just, you went light during the day on food. And I mean, I think it's still the same now. It's mm-hmm. people start to realize though, that's not healthy. Like that is not normal eating habits, right? That's not... That's not treating your body with the love and care that it deserves. And so there were so many behaviors like that, for example, or, you know, counting calories the gym burned, which again, is nothing to do with generational. It's still happening. Mm -hmm. It's just these things like, it's like, oh, that's really, that's that has a name. And that's that's all part of disordered eating. It may not have been, you know, I, I may not have had a diagnosed eating disorder, but I was, that was not a good place for me for many years, you know, wanting to order what I really wanted on the menu, but instead choosing the, you know, the salad or the mm-hmm. the lower calorie meal or trying to make up for the day before if I ate a lot of treats. Oh, maybe I shouldn't, you know, I should restrict today and, you know, only have, you know, vegetables or something like that. So I think even me having conversations with my contemporaries nowadays being like, wow, like everybody did that. Like everyone has it. Yeah. We all so yeah. screwed up. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. why did we do that? <laughs> right. Yeah. So naming it and talking about it and saying, you know, this this was not healthy. Like we could have treated ourselves better and, and why did we do this, right? And it's just talking about it. I, th- I love seeing the conversations so open online about people sharing and, you know, mm-hmm. talking about experiences because it makes you realize you're not alone and so many people have had issues and continue to have issues. And so we're all, you know, works in progress. Unlearn, unlearn. the things we thought were true, right? Or should be.
0: Yeah. I I feel like that's glorious for that stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Especially when it's almost more empowering to focus on unlearning than thinking you have to learn something new because that's more daunting.
2: Totally. Totally. Yeah. And like, where do you go to learn? I mean, you could, there's so many great books out there now. So many amazing things, like so many transformative books, I would say like people sharing their experiences. And even the relatability, right? And that's why social is so great. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to veer off track for a second, but like Kenzie Brenna, who I love, she had a post. Mm -hmm. Right, she's so great. Um, She had something the other day about baby fat and how we often talk to children about like, oh, don't worry, it's just baby fat, or like you'll grow out of that, or that you'll lose that baby fat. And it really like struck a chord because. I was, you know, I had comments like that directed at me a lot, you know, especially in my face, I had like really round chubby cheeks, mm. like to the point where I remember I was like a teenager. And I think I told my parents I wanted money for plastic surgery. Like I wanted to thin my face out. And it's like, oh my God, Ugh. it's like, it's just, Ugh. Ugh. you know, my parents, of course, they were very reassuring and saying like, no, no, no. But, you know, just the fact that these, that I even had that thought, like I, I'm sad for for younger me. I'm sad for her, and I'm sad for everybody that goes through those. Those all the kids that you know are struggling. So hopefully they we have they have supportive parents that can tell them that you know, where'd you get that idea? Yeah, well, you're you're perfect as you are. So. It anyway. is so
0: generational too. Like I, I know that there's things that we've talked about it before on the pod, the things that my, my mom would say that with all of the goodness and love in her heart, but it's because that's what she was taught. And because that's what her mother was it's taught. Any better, totally. right? Yeah. These things are going on with all good intention, but we just don't know yeah. how we should be wording it. So we did touch on how you were 11 when you had memories of journaling food and weighing yourself. Yeah. When So is that around the time that you first became really aware of your body or is it earlier yeah. than that?
2: Yeah, it was 11-ish. I just did a di- a few diary entry posts like a few months ago. So I was like taking this trip down memory lane in my diaries, which I had blocked out, quite frankly. But wow. I did remember, yeah, I, I didn't know how, um, how much I was fixated on it till I actually saw the diary entries, which was like very sad. But I did remember a very, um, like I remembered a very uh, influential appointment with my pediatrician where I remember him saying to my mother, Maybe she should go on a diet to lose to lose a few pounds. She's getting a little chunky. And I remember my mother word. Yeah, right? Like, so then my mother found a nutritionist. And I think I didn't understand what the nutritionist was, you know, telling me to do. So I think it was like a choice, but I remember it was like a choice between two breakfasts, like toast with peanut butter and jam, or like half a cup of cereal with half a cup of milk and like everything weighed and portioned out and whatever. And I remember like, for a few months, I think I just had both for breakfast because I didn't realize it was a choice. And I noticed the number was going up off on the scale, like up on the scale. And I told said my mom, like, I'm doing everything the nutritionist said. That we realized I was having a double breakfast, but <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even think I was hungry for the double breakfast. But I was so, you know, I was so invested in like, you know, doing what I was told and like being good and being thinner, trying to make my body smaller. So yeah, I was really aware of it through my teenagehood. And, you know, I I backpacked Europe with one of my besties when we were 19. And I remember, you know, going to such incredible places around Europe and she would be uh, ordering all the things you're supposed to order when you're in a foreign country, all the local dishes and trying new things and trying all the fried stuff. And the, you know, not always necessarily the the, the, like unhealthy stuff, I Mm -hmm. use those quotes. But I remember feeling like, Oh, I can't have that, or like I'm gonna order the salad or I'm gonna order the lighter option, and like so many meals I missed out on, mm-hmm. and you know I don't know like
1: not I, having pasta in Italy, like come on, right?
2: Like I know, I know I did, I, I know we definitely I did have pasta and pizza in Italy for sure, but again, I I remember justifying it like well we're walking for like eight, nine, ten oh, hours a day, so, yes. Yes. so like surely this so next out, right? And right. uh oh, yeah, I mean. Those were, yeah. And I never really even talked about it with friends. Like so they, I don't even think, some friends of mine now, when they saw the diary entry thing, when, one of my besties called also, and she's like, I didn't realize you were so young and this was like plaguing you. Yep. And most of my friends, with the exception of one or two of us, like we're not really dieters. So I felt very alone. Like I mm-hmm. I didn't, it wasn't something I discussed mm-hmm. with friends. It wasn't something I was, you know, I never talked about my body. I was just sort of, it was like my own private thing. Um and yeah, it's just now I look back and think, oh my gosh, like, it'd be a different story, I think, growing up today, uh, just because there's so many other, like, there's so many role models online who of, of all different bodies. There's all this conversation online happening around diet culture, what it looks like, what it is, h- how you can actually, you know, be confident in the body that you're in. Like, what a concept. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, right? like, and, and how beauty ideals are rooted in the patriarchy and white supremacy and like all of that stuff. So, yeah, these are all just like, I think, I think we're moving in the right direction as a society, you know, mm-hmm. in Western society anyways. Um, so, yeah.
0: yeah. Especially cause there's so much shame attached to that. And when you're such an, at a, such an early age, which from what it's sounding like very similar to my experience, it's around puberty where yes. those types of fluctuations are 1000% normal, but you're hearing from somebody who you put up on a pedestal because they're a doctor yeah. that you need to change. So, of course, I can see why parents are going to... Well, the doctor is saying this. The this must be true. It.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I had told my parents all those years later, like, that guy, you know, shouldn't have said that. And, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't think... Right. I, mean, right? I don't think my mother even really realized that that it impacted me. But then again, I mean, this is for... Our, this. We can unpack this for hours. But like my right, mother right. also, I grew up in the Weight Watchers generation. I mean, my mother was always on a diet, always you know, trying the latest cabbage soup or, you know, ice cream diet or, you know, um, tracking everything, whether it was Weight Watchers or some other plan or Nutrisystem, Slim Fast. I mean, it was always around. She, She never made me feel like she made me feel great in my body. So anything I was getting from her was just like looking at the food and portion control and food management in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rest was, I think, you know, growing up with Seventeen Magazine and, you know, all of the Kate Moss era and Heroin Chic and all that sort of, you know, all that grew stuff.
1: up in the 90s, all of yep. it, 80s and 90's,
2: yep.
1: 90s, It was like those, those tabloids were like- Oh God. You, know, you, couldn't, yeah. you couldn't check out at the grocery store without seeing like, no 10 pounds in 10 yeah. days. Like you yeah. just couldn't, mm. yeah. it was unavoidable.
2: Unavoidable. Unavo- and the thing is, it's crazy that it, it impacted uh, it impacted you no matter what size you were. Really, if if you were yeah. susceptible to that, if you already if you had one ounce of self doubt about your body, regardless of your size, those things those were the that was the information coming at you, and that's what you internalized. Mm-hmm. You know, just why it's so interesting to me. I, I still think there's so much work we all need to do in terms of like the fat positivity and being allies of people of size who don't get yeah. to um, you know, aren't afforded the same privilege that, you know, so many people who are, you know, straight sizes are. I think we forget that it's like, Mm -hmm. it's wonderful that everybody's on this journey to accept themselves as they are, but we have to be able to realize that that extends to everybody, right? That we shouldn't be discriminating, um, people based on their size, right? Cause like, I don't, I don't face issues on an airplane or with my doctor doesn't blame my health issues on my weight. Like there's so many things that we take for granted, that, like, that I take for granted, or I don't anymore, that, you know, not everybody is afforded that privilege. And so I think it's, it's amazing. Like, I think in order to move everything forward, we have to be sure we're including everybody in this movement. It's not enough to just be like, you know, okay, today I'm going to like accept a few of my roles on my stomach that I can hide, you know, in a pair of pants or in a dress or something like that. So anyways, Yes.
0: You yes.
1: We have to decondition and recondition, right? Yeah. It's like... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're all conditioned a certain way. Yeah. And it we're like we're like the those people that are coming against resistance because we are the resistance, right? right? Mm-hmm. Like I realize yeah. that every time I have conversations with people and they just like I'm just trying to educate and everyone gets so defensive. I know. Mm-hmm. And then they don't, when you really unpack it, they don't even realize why they're being defensive. And then they realize if they're willing to keep talking. That it's just because it's what they've learned. Yep. And then they just, because it's what they know, they think it's, they think it's fact and they think it's yeah. truth and yeah. they're just so yeah. righteous about it. And I'm like, there's nothing like, you know, it's okay to just yeah. change your mind. Like yeah. let's normalize seeing things differently. Yes. For goodness yes. sake.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yes. To all of that.
0: I actually had a recent conversation. I think it was like a year ago. Whenever I went to my last annual gyno exam. Yeah. And I had stopped the year prior or the six months prior, however much it was, I had stopped taking these metabolism boosters that I was told I should take to help my thyroid issue, which they were also only having me eat 1200 calories a day while on this pill. So I was just constantly feeling, I was like, I can't feel like this anymore. There has to be a better way. So I went off of it. And like you do, when you get off of a medication like that, weight comes back on because it's a science. So I remember getting back on the scale. Now this is before I used to say, no, now I decline or I say, I don't want to know the number or I step on the scale backwards. Um, And most, I will say most physicians are very, they don't ask questions and they won't, you know, my experience has been positive in that regard. But I remember when she came in to sit down, she wanted to blame birth control for the weight gain. And I had explained to her, um, she was like, well, are you on any type of exercise program? And I had explained that I work out about four or five days a week from home doing mixed cardio, weight training, cycling. And she was a little taken back. And I at the end of the appointment, um, I had said she had said, like, you know, I'm really glad that you said that because I think I am a person in a larger body. And she just so much assumed that, oh, you must be working out to lose weight then. And it's like, no, I'm working out for te- the plethora of other reasons, like stress management yeah. and confidence and all of these things. And yeah. she, she owned it though. And she was like, you know, I really have to watch what I say because I didn't like, I would have just assumed that you didn't like, or wow. that you needed to work out more.
2: Wow. And,
0: and ever since then I will forever follow her now, wherever she goes <laughs> in any type of doctor's office, yeah. we have a great rapport with each other now, but she really was like, whoa, I didn't even, you're right. And you don't need to be working out anymore. And you're doing what you need to do and you're healthy. Yeah. Like, oh, go that's, figure.
2: <laughs> it's amazing that she at least like owned it and like owned her bias and yeah. said, oh, watch, yeah. I made a mistake. Like not everybody can do that. People's egos get in the way, right? Yeah, and
1: big time.
0: Big mm-hmm. time. Oh,
2: I hope everybody, I mean, I hope nobody yeah. has experience like you did at first. But I hope that's like such a great way to turn that around and end it, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it just goes to show that it's literally every facet and every profession that has this work to do. You're never, even as we sit here on this zoom call, there's work that needs to be, that we can all do. It's never, there's never an end destination to it, especially when like the experiences we've shared today, it's still so in your face on a daily basis. So being aware of it and not letting it sit and fester in your soul and how you show up in the world, like your experience in Europe. Like if you went back to Europe now, you might have a totally different experience now than when you were right? here before.
2: Exactly, exactly. And the mind share that it occupies, right? Like all of this, oh, the energy and the mindshare. It's exhausting. What am I gonna eat? What am I eating tomorrow? It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. So like, if I add it up, I always say like, if you add up all the minutes that we spend fixating on our bodies or on, you know, things that we, you know, shouldn't, that are not energy driving, they're energy depriving, What could we do with that energy and time, right? What could we be accomplishing in this world? You know, probably more than journaling or food, I'll tell you that much.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How many cute outfits I didn't wear because of the chafing? Oh yeah. And because I didn't know thigh society shorts yet. And because I would get like <laughs> crappy, I would get like crappy, like you said, like crappy Walmart, like yeah. cotton. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I, I, that's what I got as shorts yeah. and they didn't last more than one season. You know, no. I literally worked my way through them. Yeah. Literally. Exactly. You <laughs> can yep. your through them, or they like, I changed
0: my way
2: Yeah, <laughs> through them.
0: And then what did you literally. do when you, when they wore out, you blamed your body and said, Oh my exactly. gosh.
2: Yep. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, it must be me. It's like, no.
0: It's so yeah. not. It's so
2: not so you. No, no. So, oh, so not.
1: Oh, man. You want to ask her about your emotional support outfit?
0: I know oh, yes. Thing. Okay. Yes. And then you can you can do the final question, which I always love. But what okay. is your, okay, I like to call them emotional support outfits where sometimes it's literally my naked body where I, I can tell now where when I need to strip down to get comfortable in my skin or when yeah. I just need, like, an outfit that feels like it's a big hug. So yeah. what is your emotional support outfit?
2: So it's so funny. Normally it takes me a long time to think about questions like this, but I have exactly, <laughs> I know exactly what I'm going to say. It's not an outfit. It's a sweatshirt. So the bottoms mm-hmm. don't matter. But outfit on like flat bottoms or sweatpants or leggings. But I have a confetti sweatshirt. It's actually made by a local uh, business here in Toronto called OK OK. And my friend and I discovered them at the one of a kind show, which happens twice a year. Oh, I love year. the one and of a kind, was, kind like, show. Yeah. Like all the artisans and a lot of stuff's handmade. And so This sweatshirt is um, literally pieces of like uh, a fabric in all different colors and glittery and fluorescent and regular colors that look like confetti on the sweatshirt. And whenever I put it on, I just like either I'm looking at it or I see myself in the mirror and like I have no choice but to smile. And like whenever I wear it out, I always get stopped by people who are like, that's a great sweatshirt. Where's that sweatshirt from? It's just so fun. Like it's it's just a party on a sweatshirt. And it's hard to feel like... (laughs) It's hard to feel bummed out when you're wearing it. So and I like, I am not, uh, this is not SpawnCon. The okay, OK, doesn't know I'm talking about it. I'm just, uh, just genuinely saying I love their sweatshirts, the confetti sweatshirt. It's the best. They make t-shirts too. And they make that print and other things. All hand, all of the little vinyl strips are cut and uh, ironed on by hand. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that makes it even more special because they're all one of a kind. So, right. Yeah, that's my happy outfit. That's
0: a great, that's a good great date. emotional support outfit.
2: Totally. Totally. <laughs> totally. It's a
1: good yeah. spin on it too. Like, yes. you know, the whole, if you look, if you see your reflection, you can't not yes. smile. Like, and, and who, that's what you need, right? Yeah. Like for me, when I wear, I have like one, I, I'm, we're leopard print lovers, the two of us. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Hey. Very hard. Yeah. Hard to tell. I know with all of our brands, <laughs> <You never know. laughs> but, but we're big leopard print fans and I have, a specific leopard print sweater. But it's true. Like when you, if you see yourself, your reflection and it makes you smile, like that's kind of the point. Like if you're having a shitty day and you're wearing something that makes you feel better, that's
2: the point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, it's not anything that's like, it's not a bodycon sweatshirt. Like it's like a (laughs) sweatshirt. And it's just, the rea- it's, it's also nice to be able to look and be like, because we all we all body check, right? Or we all we're walking Ugh. by some glass mirrors or you're walking downtown or through a mall or when, all the, any mirror. It's like, oh, and like, I'm sure if somebody could record our brains, like I'm sure it would be... Oh my gosh. Shocking and yet not shocking at the same time of how many of us have that negative thought pop into our mind the minute we see ourselves, mm-hmm. as opposed to either a neutral thought or maybe a positive thought, right? Usually it's the first thing like, oh something negative in inner, inner voice right which is so like which is so unfortunate so anyways the sweatshirt is fun because it's just a sweatshirt it's not like calling attention I mean it's calling attention I guess to, to myself because the sweatshirt is so loud <laughs> but, it's, but it's not right like it's it's not a uh you know oh look at her butt like it's not you yeah, know right yes like <laughs>
0: yes yeah
2: love it totally but yeah so love it's that. leopard too leopard is always mm-hmm. up with leopard U- is a
0: neutral U- around here
2: Oh, it's totally, <laughs> it is I'm totally, yes, 100%. <laughs> like when
1: people are like, oh, we're just like, you know, like for example, if it's like, I've had many, 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 many photo shoots, like team photo shoots and stuff. Yeah. Yep. Like, okay, guys, like we're going to wear leopard leggings. And it makes me laugh because people are like, oh, I guess I have to order some. I'm like, what?
0: <laughs> you <laughs> like, do? <laughs> I'm I am not really. oh, <laughs>
1: shoot. Okay. I'll pick a... F- one from my 25 options. Like I just can't believe that not everybody has
2: leopard, you know? I'm yeah. Like, oh wow. It is a wardrobe staple. It is. Mm-hmm. And it along thy society, everybody needs a pair of thigh society and leopard leggings. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Full stop.
1: 12 out of 10. <laughs> 12 out of 10. Um, okay, so we wanna know. Yeah. Um, you're making a huge impact with what you're doing. We know that it's going to continue happening. I, I, I'm I'm always really excited to see what you do next because you're very innovative. And I mean, not just you, obviously you have a big team behind you who deserves all the claps and snaps. But yes, yes. we want to know specifically how you want to be remembered. So even beyond thigh society, you as a human, Marnie, how would you like to be remembered?
2: Hmm, good question. Hmm. There's, do I have to just pick one thing? No, no. Oh, he, let it let <laughs> it wrap. That's a story, yeah. Marnie. Yes, yeah, <laughs> story um, time with Marnie. <laughs> story time with me. I mean, there's so many things I can think of, like to rattle off that I think most people, maybe not most people, would want to be remembered for being, you know, caring and empathic and generous and mm. kind and all of those things. I mean, I, I, I definitely would like to be remembered as all those things, but I also like, I would like to be remembered as someone who is authentic. Um, you know, and, you know, I, I say what I mean and I mean what I say. And somebody who sort of just tells it like it is. I mean, that's sort of how, you know, it's hard with sometimes with branding. Because, I mean, I like swear like a sailor in real life. Like, I'm not going to yeah. start, reading, you know, all kinds of stuff like that society about that. <laughs> <laughs> so there is some level where you have to dial back the authenticity a little bit when <laughs> it comes to your brand. But, but yeah, I, I mean, I'd like for people, I'd, I'd like, I... I would like to be remembered for having made an impact for Thigh Society. So at this point, now that I have, you know, been running the business for so long and plan to continue, you know, it is it is important to, for me, I think at this point for me to be remembered for an impact that I made on people's lives, whether it's just in providing a practical solution to Thigh Shape or in changing people's mindset about how they felt about their bodies and, and you know, Thigh Shape specifically. And then other than that, like I said, I mean, just authentic, you know, you know honest, uh, and all those other things that I, that I started with. Good one. Sure. I'm forgetting like a couple of, you know, a hundred things, but
0: I know, I know it is, it is a tough question because there's like, well, I want to be remembered for this. And I want people to, to, when I'm brought up in a room, think of this and you want all these things. But I think that pretty much encompasses like D all of the above.
2: <laughs> yes. All yeah, of the above. I agree. Exactly. Yeah and anything not included in this list also adds the
0: that <laughs> <laughs> and also yes oh my goodness well thank you so much this has been a blast everybody yeah. go get thigh society we will tag all of the things you guys know how we roll it'll be in our show notes we're gonna tag thigh society tag marnie tag the thigh society yeah. instagram and all of the socials yeah. and um go get you a pair or seven to be honest with you one for every day of the week
2: Yeah, no one needs to be worried about laundry. Come on, just make
0: it neutral. You know, (laughs) like
1: a little, a little. Everybody needs the black. The yes, black. Yes, everybody needs a black
2: one. Yes, Mm -hmm. and after this conversation, I'm thinking we need a leopard print for sure.
1: Oh man, I would even. Listen, you want a partner? We can Yes, end, I got you, boo. Yep. X-Thigh Society. Yes, a <laughs> Yep.
2: 23.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Let's do it. Circle <laughs> love it. I circle love back it. To, circle back to this episode in the future. This is manifestation, family. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes. Here it all began. Yes. <laughs> and now <laughs> I need to get myself a navy pair to wear under denim shorts because after I saw I like, I was a real big creep. I'm just going to admit it. I put my thumb down to hold in and I was like, Is, are those the shorts underneath the denim? I was like, I love that vibe. So I'm definitely going to go and get a few of those too.
2: <laughs> cool. Well, unfortunately we sold out of the denim. Okay. Well then I can get the orange.
0: black ones. The black ones you can get still work.
2: That? Yeah. We still have, we still have some two colors, super close, sea glass and, and sky. So you're going to get the blue vibe right. for sure.
0: Ooh, the okay. There you yeah, go. Yeah. There you go. Definitely. It's about that time where we don't know how to end the episode, fam. Which I love that now it's just an ongoing joke. People that I've talked to, I mean, I, and when we do, when we do end it well, it's very weird for us. Yeah, we're like, oh, that so, sounded weird. So thank nice you for being right now. Yeah, yeah. Let's not ruin a good thing. <laughs> thank you as always for being here. Our Season two is wrapping. I feel like we say this every week, but season we two is wrapping up slowly. We want to stop talking to each other and yeah. other people. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, but we will see you next week. You know how to contact us and keep emailing us. They haven't emailed us yet. Like just keep doing it. Hello, hello with three O's and <laughs> I got you boo pod.com. And we will see you next week. I, I got, got you boo. Okay. Thanks, thanks. Love you. Bye. bye. Yes. That was so good. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Boo Crew. Love our vibe? Rate, review, share, and subscribe. And don't forget, follow us on Instagram at IGOTYOUBOOPOD.